after she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General okay. Hospital. Great, welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. This is starting off the week with the episode from Monday, September 21st. And last week was the big wrap-up of, I would say, the longest-running story in my vast experience. <laughs> um, but we, we dealt with Mike passing, and this episode starts to deal with some of the fallout as the characters react to it, I think is the, um, the most immediate story. And we also pick up some stuff with Cyrus Renault comes back into the picture, which is fine. Um, but there's some interesting scenes with characters I've never seen interact before. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff. Portia gave us a PSA about osteoporosis. Yes. And I think that's all. Yeah. From that scene. We haven't seen anything, I think, quite like this. I mean, like, since you've been watching. But that's, like, not atypical. Because I think the the um, intended audience for soap operas tends to be... I was going to say, it literally felt like a PSA. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll do, they'll do storylines that feel a little more heavy-handed like that sometimes. Because they're trying to, you know give some information and, like, connect to their intended audience. And, and it was nothing about the characters themselves, like Portia or Alexis, right? It was it was lots of factual information. Um, it also made me think a little bit about how another thing that our healthcare systems are dealing with are people not going for preventable, treatable things like that, mm-hmm. being maybe afraid to go into a hospital um, or go back for a follow-up test like Alexis was. So I appreciate what they're sending out into the world. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Curtis and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um not a lot of new stuff, although Jordan seemed to agree with us that Cyrus Renault denied any involvement in Neil's death very believably. <laughs> yes. So I thought that was funny. Um, and then Stella, who is Curtis's aunt, mm-hmm. comes back from being with Sonny and his family and comes to see her own family. Um, so that was nice, but there's two crazy moments I need to talk about. Okay. So, uh, Jordan was like, oh, wow, Mike was such a great man. Is there anything we can do? Which is like a nice thing that you say when a family right. member or like a friend or a friend of a friend like can is I, going through something. What can I do to support you? Can I send flowers? Stella says, kind of like with some attitude, is like, well, I think Sonny and his family would appreciate some courtesy from the PCPD. And we had to rewind it. I could I could not believe she said that so directly right. to the commissioner of police. And then Jordan went with her vibe and was like, well, yeah, as long as Sunny's people don't go causing trouble, my officers won't go looking for any. And, like, any trouble, like, crime? <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing, like, with, with Laura oh, ages ago. It was like, oh, well, I might have to come down on, you know, crime. Sorry. <laughs> It was so wild. Yeah. And then um, Stella kind of got on Jordan a little bit about not finding TJ's kidnapper. Mm-hmm. And Curtis, and I literally, it was so jarring because I was like looking, taking a different note. And then Curtis, I looked up and Curtis was storming angrily out of the room, slamming the door. And then three seconds later, opened, he has the quickest cool down time of <laughs> any human. He immediately came back in the room. I was like, I'm sorry, that was really rude, I apologize. And Stella was like, it's okay, I understand. So they they blow up very quickly and then come back very quickly. Yeah. Okay, so Lulu and Cyrus Renault bump into each other at the restaurant, and then Sam joins them, and then Peter and Maxie join them. And I just have a couple quick bullet points. Sure. Lulu fully asks Cyrus Renault, 
something we've picked up on, I think. She was like, what is this fascination with my mother? And I don't have a real theory. I have a fake theory. Okay. But apparently, based on my understanding of this show, every bad guy ha- must have an obsession with... One of the female, uh, like of the female characters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because Ryan Chamberlain was obsessed with Felicia. Cesar Faison was obsessed with Anna. Valentine's obsessed with Nina. And there's another one in there. One of the, one of the Cassidines is obsessed with Laura. A, kind of a couple of them, but yes. Okay. Uh, so Severus that's was. my fake theory. That's a requirement to be a bad guy on the show. Sure, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know what the real thing is. Um, I was, it was way out of left field for me. Everyone else kind of leaves, and Maxie's like, hey, Sam, I'm kind of annoyed you haven't congratulated me about my pregnancy yet. Are we still friends? And I was like, were you friends? <gasps> Yeah, so we've talked we've talked a little bit about it more in the context of like Jason and Spinelli were BFFs. Oh, but right. Spinelli and Maxie used to be a thing. Jason and Sam are saying they they were all really close. Right. Okay, I forgot about Maxie's connection to Spinelli and then Jason. Yeah, because you said Maxie's kind of like a little sister relationship to Jason, mm-hmm. so it makes sense. And then Sam confirms, yes, you're one of my best friends. So I okay, I I forgot about that part. Yeah, no, that's okay. okay. Um, I, I will just point out for just because there's a lot of things going on right now, just to remind you. Remember, Peter has now you know framed Liesel, so not everyone believes that he did this, but he um, caused Drew's plane to go down, Sam's ex-husband and the father of one of her children. So Sam, not totally on board with Peter. Right. And Maxie was like, is it because of Peter? And Sam's like, I hope you're right, that he's good now. Yeah. It was just, it was funny seeing them on, like, in real life side by side, because when she said, like, we're about, are you not my friend anymore? They just visually, I'm like, oh, it's like the cheerleader and the goth girl are best friends, <laughs> and I kind of love it. So I'd love to see more of that. Um, and then Dev goes to Brando for advice about girls. Never seen them interact before. And I don't, now initially I was like, I don't really think Brando should be giving advice about girls. <laughs> but Dev confirms he's into Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. So he's the first teenager who's being remotely clear about who he does or does not like um Mm -hmm. because the other three have kept it very very guarded yeah so I appreciate Dev's like just forthrightness and I didn't really write anything down because I was staring intently at the screen waiting for something to make fun of and Brando didn't really give me anything he gave remarkably straightforward advice I wanted to ask you am I crazy or no no he was like be yourself it's not too late just make you know be clear about what you want yeah and like it was all very good I'm very very I should say very normal advice right and my points of comparison are Ava and Franco giving advice to the other teenagers Mm. so Brando was like on top of it yeah it was it was not bad yeah conversely I would say meanwhile then Jocelyn went to go talk to or Jax went to go see Jocelyn um I took no notes. Well, I just want to point out, so she had told Dev, oh, you go ahead to hang out, you know, with everyone else and plan for homecoming. Like, you know, Mike just died. I'm just in a weird place today. Like, I don't think I'm going to go. And then Jax comes to check in on her and they have like a nice little chat. And then she tells him, you know, oh, yeah, my friends are going to hang out, but I decided not to go. And he's like, well, Mike would want you to live your life to the fullest. And I'm like, okay, yeah absolutely fair and true give it a day you can take time to grieve and if you're not feeling up to your normal activities the day after the death of your loved one that's okay I thought it felt a little weird to me like he was pushing her 
it would be one thing if she was like, I don't think I'm going to go to homecoming. And he's like, oh, you know, that's in a couple of weeks. Like, he would want you to live your life to the fullest. I'm sure homecoming will be great. But it was like a planning meeting for homecoming at the diner. Like, she can skip that and take some time and yeah. just spend it with her family. So, less good advice from Jax, comparatively, to Brando. Okay. Yeah, so Brando's holding his own against um, a lot of people right now, which mm-hmm. um, uh, then Jax goes to talk to Carly. Again, bad advice. He tells her, I don't think you should tell Sunny, which is just objectively stupid. Terrible advice. And then Carly hasn't done it yet, but she says, okay, the secret will, I'll tell Sunny and I'll tell Jason. And it'll be the four of us. And Sunny and Jason are the best people at keeping secrets. And Jax is kind of like, okay, fine. And then Jason bursts in with a super dramatic entrance, super dramatic music, and then cut to black. Sunny tells Avery about her grandfather dying. Very sweet. But then he immediately finds the necklace. (laughs) Priorities. Which is fantastic because they could have let that sit in Avery's bag for like three weeks. So I'm super excited. Don't get your hopes up. They still might. But Sunny finds the necklace. Yeah. And who is in his house? Jax. Jax is in his house. Oh, Jax is still in the house. Okay, again, I'm saying maybe this will all, maybe Jax will see it tomorrow. Don't get your hopes up. But remember last, I think on the Friday episode or something of last week, we were, we were like, okay, who knows the necklace? Yeah. Jax, Nina. And Sasha are the three. Yeah. And then we're like, maybe these tangential people, like Maxie's Nina's friend or whatever. Valentine. Valentine, right, right, right. But of the three people that are for sure know exactly what that looks like, one of them is, is 10 feet away from yeah, Sunny. True. So fair. that made me happy. We will hold out hope. Yep. And I'm just... Just, I've, all I want is the necklace to come out because that's all I want. But I did track this one last thing. So Cyrus Renault and one of his henchmen sit down and the henchmen confirmed from his connection with the cops that Neil OD'd on our product, but it clearly was not their plan. Yes. Which so is good, good puzzle pieces. First confirmation that he is actively bringing in drugs under Sonny's nose. Because right. he's supposedly, right, the truce is he's not supposed to operate his business in Port Charles. Right. So now he's, well, he's not confirmed to anyone else, but to us, confirmed that he's actively bringing in drugs. It somehow resulted in Neil's death, although he doesn't seem to know about it directly, and is presumably how Sasha keeps getting offered drugs by everyone she meets. Right. But, and so the, the Neil dying in the same manner as those two former partners of Jordan is suspect. It's a, a red herring, basically. Well, a red herring, but it could be maybe someone who works for Cyrus, doing it without his knowledge. Maybe who has some personal issue with Neil, or someone who used to work for him, or something. It's much less clear cut than yeah, that, yes. that that clue would have been otherwise. True. So no one no one knows why Neil is dead. No. So it's it's like a murder mystery with absolutely no motive. And no suspects. No suspects. And no clues. No. Cool, cool, Great. cool, cool. All right, so this is the episode from Tuesday, September 22nd. This was all over the place. Okay. Brando's garage. Super weird. So odd. He, it's like he draws... Anyone who comes into his orbit just starts acting... It just gets weird. No. No matter who it is. Anyone who comes into his orbit either is in love with him, like <laughs> TJ, or hates him for no reason. Like, super suspicious of him. Yeah. So, Sam is like, feel better, bye. 
And then Maxie had just come in all aggro, like, oh, about her car. And is like, in his face. And he's like, what, you know this guy? He didn't fix my car in a timely way. Like, a really... Which was weird. Well, which is one thing. And then Sam tells her that he was, like, beaten up. (laughs) Which you would think would be like, oh, okay, yeah, sorry about that. But she just continues to be super aggressive. She does not apologize. And then Sam innocuously leaves the room and Maxie doubles down and is like, oh my god, how did you get Sam's stamp of approval? You suck. I hate you for no reason. Okay. <laughs> now you're putting words in her mouth. But she, she did seem very suspicious. Yeah. Yes. And then she switched gears to being in love with him or wanting to fuck him. So she falls into the Molly side and she's like, oh, well... A guy like you must have vast experience with women, and you're a hot single guy, and I want to set you up with my single friends. Um, and then, and then she's like, "Do you have any kids?" Which is hilarious because he says no, and then he's like, "Oh wait, yes I do," because <laughs> it's a fake scheme. And then she's like, "Well, are you married? Do, are you do you have a partner? Are you seeing anyone?" And he's like, kind of taken aback. Yeah. And then she she just says, "I'm just trying to figure you out." And like same, Maxie. <laughs> Hard thing. I, I will say, to be fair, Maxie is a very nosy person, so this wasn't, like, as far off f- for her as, like, some other characters around Brando have just seemed, like, weird versions of themselves. I was like, that's kind of fair for Maxie. Okay, that, that tracks. Okay, so Liz and Lulu are talking, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I've seen them interact. You may not have. I don't think I have, because I was like, wait, how do those, these people know each other? Just because I'm not familiar with them, uh in a scene together, but then I realize I know the many, many connections they have. Yes. Because um, Liz has a child. Nicholas. No. no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Liz We've done chi- this so- I know, multiple I'm times. Sorry. Liz has a child with Lucky. Lucky would, I would, I would say that Lucky and Lucky's family, so like Laura and, and Lulu, consider all of Liz's kids Lucky's, effectively. Right, right. So, okay, they're very connected. Um, and Lulu has been kind of encouraging Nicholas to, like, Liz is a good influence on him now compared to Ava. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it starts out so funny. Lulu is just like, oh my God, Britt literally stole my embryo and now she's the head of staff So at the hospital. So that was really funny. Um, but they kind of talk about their background together and their friendship and the teenage kids. And then Nicholas comes in and... Liz is so mad at him. Liz just goes, yeah, too bad Spencer's been in Europe for a few years and never got to meet his grandfather, and, like, leaves. So crazy. And then Nicholas and Lulu kind of rehash Nicholas's choice with, is he going to make the right choice or the lucrative choice with Ava? Um, and Lulu's like, I'm trying to save your soul. <laughs> All dramatic. But then Lulu does this, and there's a parallel. But Lulu's like, so what's going on with Ava? Like, still this crazy manipulation. And Nicholas couldn't quite bring himself to say that he respected or admired Ava. But he started, like, kind of waxing rhapsodical about her. Like, she has this toughness but that hides this vulnerability. She's very maternal in a way no one would believe. And Lulu, Lulu is like, oh, my God, are you falling for your wife? And then Nicholas gets the photo of the kiss with Liz. Yeah, and it says, like, I know what you did or something. Yeah. And then the parallel scene, which is so funny, was Ava and Nina. Mm-hmm. Ava's like, we need to have some girl talk stat. <laughs> yeah. And tells her that she had sex with Nick. Uh, Ava had sex with Nicholas. And she kissed Franco. 
and Nina comes to the exact same conclusion. She's like, I don't think you guys hate each other as much as you think you do. This could be a real marriage. Are you falling for your husband? And then Ava gets the photo of her kiss with Franco with that same text. Yes. I like that they both get to the same place of maybe we do kind of like each other, and but they don't ignore all the awful stuff either. Yeah. Like, because there was some very awful stuff. And Ava highlighted, like, he gaslighted me and uh, led to my commitment to Shady Brook, the, mm. which I don't think I realized she was institutionalized over that gaslighting, which is like, yikes. Um, and Nicholas is like, he can't even say that he appreciates her, but they kind of get to this place where maybe there's something there. Um, I I don't really want to talk about Franco and Cam. Yeah. I, I, I will just say, leaving aside the Franco of it all, that Cam has now out loud voiced he that wants- he likes... Trina and wants to wants try to, to date, date Trina, Trina right. but is concerned that, and he didn't quite say this as explicitly, but I think he's concerned that Jocelyn's feelings will get hurt. Right. Um, so that's fine. And then Trina and Cam and Joss all meet up and they don't talk about it. Well, Cam tried. Yeah. Cam tried to talk to Trina about it and then Joss came and interrupted and he got, you know, scared and backed off. Which and... I blame Jax for. <laughs> Yeah! He's the one who encouraged Joss to go meet with the friends. Jocelyn could have been, you know, with her family, processing her grief, while Cam and Trina, you know, had a frank conversation with their feelings, but Jax sent Joss to spend time with her friends. All Jax's fault. Rude. Rude, rude. Um, Molly and TJ are talking about their commitment ceremony, which I guess is happening soon. Yeah. So, ooh, drama. Maybe might be revealed. I'm sure. Um, I thought it was hilarious that TJ's like, wait, we're done because we're with the guest list because we invited everyone we wanted and no one we didn't, which is just a description of a guest list. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. And then just one dramatic irony moment where Molly says something about, oh, no, my, my lips are sealed about an impression of Sunny. And TJ's like, yes, they are. And they're reserved for me, which is just like... Only to get us to that incredibly awkward flashback again of her and Brando kissing. Yeah. I will say, I think it's really funny that the teenagers are spending more time planning, not like (laughs) the homecoming event, but planning their own just going to homecoming than like Molly and TJ seem to be planning their commitment ceremony. Yeah. Like, what do you need to plan? You get your outfits, you rent a limo, you're done. But they're like, we need to create a, curate a playlist. I was like, you're not, you're not putting on homecoming. Right. I'm sure there will be a DJ. This like, is, I guess, just for the limo ride. I, it's, yeah. It's so funny to me. Um, and then, okay, and then the only other thing is Liz and Franco meet up, and they acknowledge the parallel, the parallels of their storylines, because Liz is like, I just saw Nicholas, and Franco's like, what a coincidence, I just saw Ava. And then they say, let's clear the air. So hopefully we figure out, are they actually working together on this? Yes. Or are they... got to be. Um, either... Okay. Either they are already working together and actively plotting, or they're about to compare notes and, and start plotting. But I think they're... I feel like they're already scheming. Yeah. Um, okay. And then this scene was, I think, actually the most bananas. Okay. With Alexis and Valentina yeah. and then Sam. That was fun. So, like, I really like Alexis and Valentine together as friends, just as friends, but they're really good together um, because, um, like, Valentine comes across Alexis kind of having a, a mini freak out moment when she gets the alert about Neil's memorial. And 
Which, who thought it would be a good idea to send her a text alert about that? And, like, who's planning it? Why didn't they tell her? Like, I, I, mm. it was just, it was just to cause her additional anxiety. Yeah. And I really like how real they are with each other, because Alexis is like, we could have a whole back and forth, a sparring match with all this innuendo and irony and all this awful stuff, but I don't want to do that. And Valentine's like, you're being rude. I love when he, like, reprimands people. I I love the idea of him, like... Reprimanding people, like, about their manners. Yes. When, when he's Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're very candid with each other. Because she yes. wasn't... She, I mean, I guess she was sort of being rude, but he showed up uninvited at her home, so he started it. Right. And she was like, look, I'd be happy to do this some other time. It's not a good time. Please leave. And he just invites himself in and closes the door. Yeah. So, okay, Valentine, she's being rude. Yeah. Um, but I like that he was like, no, listen, we're going to sit and sip tea, and I'm just here, going to be here for you. Because mm-hmm. um, she was there for him at his low point a little, little while back, so he's, like, wanting to return the favor, mm-hmm. which is actually very sweet yeah. in his own way. I liked a lot, I liked them a lot, and I loved how he kind of closed out the scene. But then Sam comes in. And everything she says is stupid and wrong. Yeah. So she bursts in the door, sees her mother in a cast, and says, zero to a hundred, is like, wait, did Valentine do that to you? And, and then, then hung around and waited for her to get the cast on, escorted her back home. Right, like, exactly. So that, that was an insane assumption. And then she finds out about the osteoporosis, and then she's like, oh my god, mom, you can't even open the front door. And Alexis goes off on her. She's she's like, I'm sorry I took an extra minute to open the damn door, but it was because of all these things piling up. up. Like, it's not because of the wrist thing. And she's like, back off, back off, shut up. It's okay that I'm taking, like, I'm having a bad time. And then, um, Valentine, which Alexis acknowledges, says like, oh, well, let's start planning your funeral, which, like, kind of makes her see things a little differently. Um, and Sam is like, you're so insensitive. And Alexis is like, Sam, shut up. That's what I needed to hear right now. Like, I'm throwing this pity party for myself. And then, um, like, Valentine says, Valentine says something about the osteoporosis. And Sam's like, stop talking about women's health issues. And Alexis is like, I need you to leave. You're, everything Sam says is just reacting. She's treating Valentine like she did Brando. Yeah. She's not seeing that he's actually kind of saying the right things here. He, he really was. And I think I, I think there's like an in-universe thing with Sam, which is that she feels so guilty about her role and what happened to ELQ, and then by extension the hospital and Cyrus were known and everything, and is I think is taking it out on Valentine. I think like no matter what he had said during that scene, she would have jumped down his throat because yeah. she I think blames him and herself. Um, and then. Also, I just, like, I, I've said this a few times recently, I have no idea what the writers have been doing with Sam lately. Yeah. She hasn't felt like herself in a really long time. She's, yeah, extra antagonistic with, like, everybody. Um, she's it, not hel- helping her mom. Like, she's, she's like, encroaching and overstepping, and, like, Alexis just keeps saying over and over again what she needs from her, and Sam is, like, doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And then Sam leaves, and, and Alexis asks Valentine for a car to go to Neil's memorial um, as part of maybe closure to find out what happened to him, um, which is still a giant mystery for us. Because like, yeah. I think we said last time there are no clues, no suspects, and no motive 
that right. we're aware of. Right. I'm starting to think maybe he did, maybe he was an opioid user. That seems like Occam's eh. razor at this point. Yeah, but it's a soap, so I don't yeah. think it's going to be that simple. Yeah, but I have no idea who would... My prediction for Dante's assignment, by the way, is he's going to open that folder to what the assignment is and be like, who the fuck is Neil Byrne? Because <laughs> that seems to be the only mysterious thing that's going on that would need investigation. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be just something to do with Cyrus more broadly, although clearly those his death is somehow connected um, to Cyrus and his, his drug running. Um, but anyway, that's my official prediction for Dante's investigation. Yeah, Dante, and I don't believe, I think Dante had already left town when Neil Byrne arrived, or, or at least by the time Neil Byrne was helping Christina, Dante's sister, Dante wasn't around. So I don't think, like, they've ever met. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so, yeah, just the parallel, it sounds, seems like the Ava, Nicholas stuff is moving, the Liz Franco stuff is moving, um, I'm all for more Alexis and Valentine, um, and, I mean, I want, Brando is, it's just a catalyst for such weird behavior. I just yeah. I just want to see him now interact with everyone. Okay, so this is the episode from Wednesday, September 23rd. And lots of stuff happened mm-hmm. that I did not expect. Um, and I will just start at the, the reveal at the very end. They found Nell's body. They, uh, I'm still suspicious. Someone got a phone call that some unnamed random character, like some cop or whatever, or the cops like found the body, but we haven't seen it. No one we know has confirmed well, it. I did think that's the call that Chase got when he was with Brooklyn, uh, but I feel like he would have had a much bigger reaction. Maybe it was more like, you need to come here right away and not what exactly they'd found yeah. or suspected they um, found. But, so that's n- not what I expected at all. No. I'm still skeptical, but we'll see. It makes Carly and Jax's storyline more compelling if she did actually die. Like, if she just pops back up. But it makes Nina's less so. That's true. Because she, she would just go into guilt mode or whatever. Right. That's a good point. Um, Jax goes to meet up with Nina. And basically they're just underscoring. Nina just looks at Jax and is like, I, I love our relationship and how we have no games and no secrets. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? What? I feel like Jax is going to maybe somehow stumble across the necklace. And he's going to have to decide mm-hmm. whether to cover it up to protect Carly Oh. Or to give it to Nina, or tell Nina that here's this clue to her daughter, like, or, you know, maybe Nell's her daughter, whatever. And if he hesitates, or makes, or chooses Carly, there's no going back. That, she would never forgive him. Right. I, I could see that being in the cards, because mm-hmm. these are two very committed, he cares about both these people. And both of the situations are very high stakes. Yeah. that That's good. Um... Or, like, what if, sorry, now my brain is just, like, going, what if he decides, okay, Nell's already dead, and Nell's the worst, so I'll protect Nina from, like, knowing that, A, that's her daughter, and B, that she's dead for for real, and I'll protect Carly, and think, like, talk himself into, like, that he's doing the right thing, and then I want to know what's going to happen so bad with that, Um, but it's okay. Um, TJ and Molly are hanging out and then Stella joins them. Um, and Stella just spends time psychoanalyzing both of them. Yeah. Um, he... I I think that was the first time 
like TJ showed like emotion about the fact that he yeah. was kidnapped. Which I guess Stella, to Stella's point, he's not opened up about it to anyone. Mm-mm. And I kind of thought, because with everything on screen, I have to take at face value, I guess, until proven otherwise. So I'm like, oh, he has no emotions about it. Cool. And I kind of moved on in my thought process. But so he was talking about nightmares and the unknown, and now he's just trying to focus on his career in Molly. And then, of course, he says, what got me through it was Molly. And she overhears. But Stella, I thought with Molly, gave her a really good insight into, like, you don't, not the cheating, but she's like, you don't have to beat yourself up about doubting him. That's normal. And you've never gone through a relationship like this, but um, that's normal. And then Stella says, and, of course, you're a principled, trustworthy person. Um, Molly just really needs to tell him. Yeah. Like, this, this beat of a cheating story is always the same, and it's always the wrong thing to do. Um, so I want her to get there. And it's, it's a shitty situation, but she has an extremely reasonable out. Yeah. Like, he would, might be hurt and upset, but probably more at the lying than the actual cheating, quote unquote. It's honestly paralleling a little bit with Carly not telling Sunny and Jason this thing. Um, like, the action itself makes sense. It's the cover-up. Yeah. It's always the cover-up. Yep. I mean, it's not shocking, I suppose, that characters on soap operas keep secrets because <laughs> that's the structure. What? Um, but I, I hope that conversation with Stella gives Molly a little bit more like ability to forgive herself and come clean. Um, we're going to save Ava and Nicholas for last. Okay, mm-hmm. Bobby and Scotty. Oh, my God. Okay, that so, was so funny. That was hilarious because I was like, are they together? And then... I, I spent the first half of the episode... Googling on my phone because I couldn't remember their current relationship status. Yeah. Because they're another pair who have kind of like dated like on and off over the decades. And I was like, where are we currently? I could not remember. Yeah. And now we know and where they we very are. Helpfully, she broke ended, up. Ended the relationship. Yeah. A couple things were funny. She she kind of threw in his face, well, you're you're not paying attention to me. I'll go back into providing the girlfriend experience so I can get some form of companionship. I was like, does she throw that around? Is that reference? That feels like so long ago. It's such ancient history. I, yeah, I was really surprised she brought that up. Yeah. But like you told me that. And yes. oh, Frank Benson told someone that. Frank Benson told Carly or something like that in the flashback. Um, but it's, well, it's kind of like, remember like a really early on before I think you'd even met Monica, someone made like a passing sort of joking reference to her alcoholism. And we were like, what? Because it was so like sort of out of left field and inappropriate and it wasn't like a character who had been around then so this wasn't quite that level of jarring because she was making the joke but it was still really weird um but like scotty and and bobby have known each other for i mean decades and decades and decades because their siblings used to be married no 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 no. you're so close bobby's sorry no you're right i realize now bobby's brother used to be married to Scotty's ex-wife. Yeah. Because they mix and match those couples up. Yes, yes. Because I, I think... Because Bobby but, but was... Did you, did you like the confidence with which I yes, said that? So much. It was great. I think Bobby when Bobby came to town, she was angling for Scotty, who was already with Laura. And I think she might have either brought Luke to town to try to seduce Laura, or maybe he was already in town, but she was like, hey, let's break them up. Because you like you want Laura and I want Scotty, gotcha. so and they they've known each other like from the beginning, um, 
but I, I love that she was like, look, you're a really sweet guy when you get out of your own way, like, you dumbass. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and she was like, um, uh, and you make me laugh, but then you cheat on me. And he's like, well, I didn't cheat on you this time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't always cheat. She's like, well, you can't cheat if we're not together. So, so that's interesting, because, like, again, I had forgotten they were even dating currently, technically, so I wonder, like, why they're breaking up. Like, are they going to give them, like, a storyline where he has to get his act together and win her back, or are they, like, setting her up for something else, or him up for, you know, yeah. or something else? they've only been in support roles in other storylines. Yeah. Carly and Jason and Jax are in the kitchen. Jax leaves, and Carly says to Jason, I did something you're not going to like. But it wasn't, I didn't sleep with Jax, but it didn't, it didn't involve Jax. And I guess because they've gotten married and divorced so many times, I've never thought about this, but have Carly and Sunny, like, cheated on each other with people? Sunny has definitely cheated on Carly. Because Carly was like, that's what everyone is going to assume yeah. if I get close with Jax. Well, and there was a whole period of time where she was, like, back and forth between Carly, I mean, between uh, Sunny and Jax and, like, having trouble deciding. Um, but I, I can't remember if there was technical cheating involved. She's cheated on someone else with Sonny, but that wasn't Jax. Just, I'd never thought about infidelity, of course, being the reason for well, some of the knew, breakups. you knew that Sonny cheated on Carly with Sam, because we talked about that. That was, like, when Sam first came on the show. Oh. I, I didn't hold in my brain that he was with Carly at the time. Yeah, yeah, they, like, and she was the boys mistress. And, okay. Yeah. So, um, yes is the short answer. Okay. Um, Lulu comes and hangs out and basically just says nice things to Sonny. And I'm like, I don't know if that I've seen them interact, but they're family. She's basically his daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. And they're, I mean, I would imagine having them some, t- giving them some time together because Dante will be back soon. So all these characters will be connected even more so. Yes. They were, so Luke, her father, and Sonny used to be really good friends for years um, going back. And, and Lulu had, so before, like, Spinelli and Maxie, like, were together, even, I think back to, like, when she was still in, like, high school, maybe, running around, and, like, Spinelli was, like, sort of a, in the teen crowd a little bit, and, and um, Ned's younger brother, Dylan, um, Lulu was also sort of a kid sister type role, to, especially to maybe Jason more so than Sunny. But she got involved in some like shenanigans, and Jason had to rescue her, and like so sh- she on her own was friendly with Jason and Sunny before she married Dante. Even. Oh, okay. And then of course now her kids are Sunny's grandkids, and, and yeah. all of that. Oh, so that was that was nice, and they referenced some history and things like that. Um, but then Carly doesn't tell Jason what the secret is, but just about her thought process. And Jason, again, just like with Molly and TJ, Jason's like, Carly, just tell him, tell us what it is and and give him the chance to take care of you. You know, you want to protect him, but he also has that drive to protect you, so just let him do that. Jason always gives such good advice. Yeah. I love him so much. Um, Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm so annoyed because I think Carly is listening to him like she she said I think you know like because then Sunny comes in and she's like oh I'm gonna tell you about this thing and then like, of course they get interrupted with the news that Nell they found Nell's body so I feel like she might panic ha- panic and, and not tell right. them and wait to talk about it with Jax and figure out the next strategy and Jax like a moron who gives terrible advice is gonna tell her don't tell them yeah <sighs> okay 
Um, but let's talk about Nicholas and Ava. I did not quite expect this, but Ava was like, oh, that thing with Franco is just a moment. It's not like what Nicholas and I had at the cabin. I was like, damn, okay. She's falling. Um, Nina's like, who would do this? And Ava's like, I don't know who would even care. <laughs> which yeah. is so funny, which is kind of what we were talking about. Like, everyone knows it's a sham marriage. No one's on Nicholas's side right now. Right. The cheating thing only monetarily affects Ava and Nicholas. Um, maybe Julian would want... But he wouldn't do it to both of them. Yeah, like, he wouldn't blackmail Ava. He would just blackmail Right, right. Nicholas. He would maybe do it. But, like, I, I kind of want to double down on my theory that it's Valentine because he was ousted from Cassidine M- Empire... Cassidine Industries, Industries is the company. The company. And, then the and Windermere and, and the Fortune. And he was not in any of these other scenes. So he could be the person at the docks. I was kind of tracking who was in this episode. Like, it couldn't be Jason. or I mean, it wouldn't be. But anyone who was in another scene. Um, so I kind of... That's that's my theory. And it seemed like Nicholas knew the guy. He was... The person he was speaking to. Um, and Ava And Ava a brought a gun. So... <laughs> So, also, I love that um, Ava is so much smarter than Nicholas Mm -hmm. because she kind of always knows what's going on a little more than he does. Like, he thought she was cheating at the cabin and he wasn't. She figured out immediately it couldn't be Nicholas because of all this other stuff. But he went to the docks fully thinking it was her or a PI that she hired. So, whoever the person is, whether or not the show has decided who it is, because it could be... This is one of the first mysteries that I... They're not telling me. We're not seeing the person plotting. Yeah. So I'm, I really want to know who it is. I, I, I don't dislike your theory. I just think I'm right. Oh, that it's Liz and Franco? Yeah. Because f- Nicholas was like, oh my God, for the love of God, it's you or something. So that could be Franco or Valentine because well, he hates both of them. Well, and, and it could be like Franco could have set up a camera or something, you know? Or right. like, oh, that's true. Knew- who knew to be there at that moment to take those pictures? Like, coincidentally? Probably not. Right. But, like, and, and, Liz and Franco... And it happened simultaneously. And it happened... So, just it's not Liz and Franco running around taking pictures, obviously, because they're involved. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of stumped. Okay. Thursday, September 24th. I was right! I know. Okay. You were right. And let me track for you how bad I am at this. <laughs> okay. Because I, I was super smug when it was, we saw Scotty. I was like... Well, I wasn't right, but neither was Julia. <laughs> and even though he, like, both conversations, obviously, Scotty and Frank, sorry, Scotty and Nicholas and Scotty and Ava, they brought up Franco and the destruction of his marriage. I, I Why would you do that to your son? Right. I'm like, wow, does this guy, he just had a bad breakup, apparently, but I was like, does he really need money? Why would he? It never even occurred to me until he was in the room <laughs> with Liz and Franco that they had gotten him involved. As, and you were correct. On purpose, yeah, yeah. So, I don't, I'm sure he wasn't literally taking both the pictures, or maybe he took one but not the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely their, their go-between. Yeah, and just the energy, then because Liz and Franco were like fighting the whole episode, but then at the end, they were like, are you ready to do this? And they had this energy, and then they go and meet up with Scotty. So, I have uh, to tell you, I was surprised... Like, I wasn't expecting Scotty to be involved. Right. And I thought his and Ava's scene was actually really heart-wrenching. I thought it was, too. It was really good. Because um, she's come a long way, but she doesn't have that many friends in town, and they've been sort of hard-earned. 
and, you know, watching her her heart kind of break as he blackmailed her. It would have been more effective for me if I had any idea they'd even met before. Fair. So apparently they had a friendship. Yeah, they've been friends. I think he, like, pursued her for a little bit or, like, flirted with her for a while, which is weird because she'd previously dated his son. But, um, but yeah, yeah, they'd been, they'd been pretty good friends. And that was rough. That was it, really rough. It was very, I, I love how dramatic she is. Because she, she didn't believe, you know, never even thought it was him when she first saw him. But in the middle, then she, she's like pleading with him, like, do this for, don't do this for me. Like, and then, and then. She's like, all right, well, it's very rare to know the exact time of death of a friendship, but it's right here, you know? So it was all very dramatic, and I, she was playing, she tried everything she could to see what would stick with, to get him not to do it. So that was really cool to see her kind of pivot and like, okay, well, what about Franco, and then what about me, and... And And then trying to call his bluff, and like, yeah, she changed tactics a bunch, which which was really fun, because Ava's so good at that, though, because she knows how to play every angle... But the emotion is always there. Yeah, yeah. Like, she genuinely, I think, was very hurt. But that didn't stop her from, you know, trying to push back. Like, it's so good. Yeah. She's so good. And I did kind of, like, in Nicholas and Scotty's scene that we flashed back to, um, like, Scotty was saying all this stuff about Ava and Nicholas. I don't remember exactly, but... Scotty was like, don't pretend like you care about Ava. And that, that seemed to hit land for Nicholas. The way, I, I mean, it, it's funny that this is all happening right after they've had a real connection. Yeah. Um, because, because I think they're both a little conflicted. They're both conflicted for sure. And I wonder if this is going to cause them to put some more distance because they're both feeling, like, guilty and paranoid and, like, doubling down on the, you know, manipulating each other and all that. Or if it's going to somehow push them closer together. I, it doesn't seem like they're, at the end of the episode, Ava seems like, I'm going to keep this secret. She had this very, like, it would, that weird That was so energy. cryptic. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I have enough of that last moment, right. like, to really know where that's headed. Because I think two things could be compelling. If they realize there are other, that both of them are being blackmailed in the same way. And, like, But for that to happen, they'd have to cop to, I know, I know, infidelity. I know. But, uh, so they're going to, like, keep, have this paranoia, and keep the secret, but I wonder what Liz and Franco's next step is, or how far they're gonna take this, or like, I don't know. or like how. Um, what I, I I agree with you though. Like I don't think it's gonna happen, or at least not easily. But what I think would be interesting is if they did find out that Liz and Franco are like now playing them. If they, I don't know, like turn the table somehow and Liz and Franco again. Yeah. I I don't even know what's happening. This is just so weird. What what are Liz and Franco going to do? Because, like, are are they going to literally take a bunch of money from them to pay for their children's college educations? I mean, that would be hilarious. Or are they going to be like, let's all force it down. You now there's this mutually assured self destruction. You guys can stop playing these games. Like, are they going to try to be bit the bigger people and be friends no. to them? I highly doubt it. Cause I think I think there's genuine friendships there. Oh, there are, but I don't think they're going to sit down and try to like mediate whatever. Also, I don't think we know enough about what well, apparently the postnup isn't super clear because like so what happens if there is evidence that they've both? Is it like? 
is it is it mutually assured destruction? Like, what would that even mean? Neither of them get the money? Like, that doesn't I, make I sense. Guess, I guess it would be zero sum. Zero like, sum. Like, so, it cancels each other out. Right. I mean, it would have to be. Because if both of them have done it, like, there's no... Spencer gets 100% of Spencer the fortune. Spencer gets everything. Nicholas and Ava are both out on their asses. I love it. Um, so can we then segue into that conversation with... Nicholas and Martin? Yes. Or is that going to No, that's, that's, that's perfect. That's everything I wanted to talk about with, with Ava and Nicholas. Okay, so I thought it was really funny, because I've been meaning to bring up, like, okay, what counts as infidelity? <laughs> and Martin's like, okay, so what was your post-nup like? And Nicholas was like, well, it's not really defined. So, c- because that was my thought. I was like, it's just a kiss. Right. But according to the lawyer, I guess, if they didn't define it, the kiss could be argued in court as breaching, you know, the sure. post well, Or even if even if they agree to delete the photos or whatever happens with that, um, any proof, you can build a case for emotional um, infidelity as well. Which is super vague, and I'm sure much harder to prove than, like, here's a picture of them kissing someone else. Right. But, but, but that would be evidence. It, maybe the kiss doesn't count as physical infidelity, but the kiss is evidence of this emotional infidelity. Oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of pedantic, but... Um, yeah, that was in Martin had a lot to do in this episode, he which is kind of did. fun. Because um, he also talked to Julian mm-hmm. um, and had some legalese about Julian wanting to get out of this marriage. And then he got to break the news to Julian. And he knows that Julian doesn't care about Nell, but still he was just like, Congratulations, Mr. Jerome, you're a widower. So <laughs> which, funny. Very funny. Um, and then Julian was like, Well, is there, you know, can I, oh, cause, cause, um, I don't care about the details of it, but basically Martin alluded to the document that Nell had left behind, which Julian knows incriminates him. Right. I'm not sure if Martin knows exactly what it contains, but I think he must know that because Julian was like, can I take that off your hands? And he's like, uh, nope, I will be passing it on to Nell's new attorney. I'm not sure how that's going to work logistically because she had fired him before her death, but he's going to turn it over to someone, um, once her like death is the death certificate is filed, but Julian knows he has it and is going to be motivated to get it back. Right. Because that was just to blackmail him with, but now that she's dead, it will blow up all the stuff with him and Lucas. And I think her intention was, if you make me disappear, this will come to light to incriminate you so in my death. So just protect her from death. him killing her. Right. But she died because of other reasons... So, so releasing it is just going to cause I, havoc. I feel like Julian should, should just be like, this is not fair. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't kill her. Yeah. Um, so that was funny. Um, and then at the hospital, because Liz and Franco are running around fighting, um, but Sasha and Willow and Michael have a whole thing. So awkward. So awkward. So, like, Sasha overhears about Mike's death and, like, instinctively tries to go hug Michael and then pulls herself back. And then Willow's like, okay, great. Michael, you go over there. I'm going to talk to Sasha. And there's a couple different ways that could have gone. Um, I liked where it went, though. Because Willow's point wasn't, like, get your hands off my husband. It was, I saw how difficult that was for you. You still love Michael. Yeah. So I liked I liked that. Um, and and I, I, I'm mostly over this, but... Everything Sasha was saying was like, like she was, she said, like she heard the updates about Wiley, and so what Sasha was saying to Willow was like, um, 
you know, the only thing I was right about was throughout all of this was that you and Michael need each other. Oh, and thank God you got full custody. And that's so great. You're going to be Wiley's mom. Like all this stuff. I'm like, I wonder if Willow will start to like Finn and Carly figure it out. But it doesn't seem like that's happening. It's, it still could happen. It's still early days. You never know. Yeah. Um, I did think, and obviously we got confirmation like later in the episode when she like called someone to place an order, but um, she didn't seem quite herself. I thought she seemed. I don't know if she it, was literally. It seemed high she was or going through withdrawal. She was acting the same way. She, she was just as shaky as she was the moment after and the day after the cheating plot. Oh, like really? I just feel like, it, or by which I mean, like I think she's just on this weird edge. She didn't seem really in control of herself. So I don't. Di- I don't. I agree. Like she was off. I mean, I didn't need her that much before all this happened, but um, she reminded me of herself on the day of like the photo shoot, like after after she'd taken oh, the drugs. Like, yeah, just too much energy and a little bit like just like, she, and at this point, like she knows by now, like she doesn't have the I don't want to say the right, but like she wouldn't be like hugging Michael right now but she just went like oh ha ha no I can't like it just seemed very like weird bizarre high energy Mm -hmm. I mean whether it's the drugs or she seems still emotionally raw in the way that the other characters aren't probably because she's choosing an unhealthy way to cope with it for sure she's like living in that pain I guess instead of moving on or, Mm -hmm. or or working through it yeah um but yeah Willow was very patient and kind with her and then she made herself scarce and chase walks up to them in the most abrupt possible way she's like glad you're here they found nell's body see you later like just totally pieced and then look back and saw them hug well he also clocked when he said like we found nell's body or whatever willow like instinctively grabbed michael's arm and kind of like tucked into him and Chase's eyeline went straight to her, like, arm in his, and then back up to them as he continued speaking. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, I did. Well, you're, you're always, your head is always in your notebook. That's true. Um, and, and then saw them hug as he stepped away. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's very aware, but he's keeping it much more in check than Sasha. Yeah, and his coping me- mechanism seems to be work, so <laughs> a little healthier. And white knighting for Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. So drugs. Okay, we did the drugs thing. <laughs> Sasha's doing all the drugs. She's trying to get prescription drugs. Um, I think that should have raised a red flag for Liz. Maybe Liz doesn't know Sasha. Do they know each other? Um, I'm sure they have met. Um, I don't know anything about a relationship between them specifically. Yeah. I don't know that asking for a sleeping aid would automatically raise someone's suspicions without and, other information and as she well. And she maybe doesn't know her. Well, I was like, she's acting strange, but yeah. Nicholas popped in on Julian at one point before they both had they meet meetings with the lawyer yeah. um, to ask if Julian had seen his sister Ava. And because this happened last time too, Ned was like, Julian, have you seen Olivia? I just picture Ju- Julian like, why are all these people approaching me about the, asking if I know where their spouses are? Because yeah. <laughs> twice in a row, same restaurant. If it happens third time, then I really will expect Julian to make a joke about it. I'm, I was kind of surprised he didn't already, because that did happen, like, almost back to back. Yeah. And, 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 like, I love that, actually, I, I guess I do want to talk about it, because I love, he was like, don't pretend like you care about her, or whatever, and same thing, Nicholas was kind of like, I didn't say that, I've never said that, and he was like, look, I know you're in a loveless marriage, 
I totally approve. It's whatever. And Nicholas, like, got upset on Ava's behalf, which was yeah. so funny. He was like, you'd rather her be in a loveless marriage with me than with than with someone who could, like, make her happy? And Julian was like, I, I have my own marriage to deal with. Like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> it was weird. It was funny. So um, it's one thing to be like, she can make her own choices, whatever, whatever. It's another thing no, to be like, I approve this union. He, well, he specifically said, our family doesn't do happiness. So he's like, yeah. she's going to be miserable no matter what. We're these awful criminals. No, he's not criminals. We're just... Eh, former criminals? Reformed criminals? They're just very dramatic and happy people. Yeah. Um, so that was funny. Um, and then finally, Carly told Sunny and Jason. <gasps> yes! So good for her. I'm I glad. I so proud. I thought for sure she would deflect or something. Yeah. Um, but they... And, and I appreciated, too, that the way she reacted to hearing about Nell's death they immediately were suspicious and knew that wasn't right and that she was acting strangely. But in a way that they were, like, worried about her, not, like, suspicious of her. Yeah. They just like, were like, mm, something's off here. It was, right. They're so supportive. It was so good. They're, they're the best trio of friends ever. Because then they're like, okay, tell us what happened. And Sunny is like, not accusingly, but it's like, did you kill Mel? Like, we'll deal with that, but did you? Yeah. And then she tells the whole story of what actually happened. And then Chase comes in and she tells the official story but they, they all tried to, like, prevent that from happening it, without raising suspicion, which I thought they did fairly well. Yeah, because they were, you know, they gave some reasonable excuses, like, everyone's been upsetting Vigil with Mike, like, she's really exhausted, can we revisit this shortly? But, and that was all really great, but the funniest thing to me in that scene was that, you know, Chase comes in to, like, officially break the news and ask Carly some follow-up questions, and Sonny's like, yeah, no, this is, you know, we're, we're just going to deal with it. Or, like, whatever he said, you know, very, he was, you know, kind of saying all the right things. When, like, five minutes earlier before Chase walked in the room, he was like, may she rot in hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God. I just, I love him. I thought and that was so funny. It is funny how they cover their tracks that they have this inside information because um, Chase is like, yeah, I, I want to talk to Carly. And Sonny's like, well, we just received this wild news and we're all still reeling they've processed it three separate times now because they've got the pcd pc pd update carly told them what actually happened and then they got the account from chase yeah so they're they're very well past shock but i like how sunny like used that to his advantage yeah that was good that was funny so when their inside guy calls jason to tell him what happened right and then sunny and carly are like okay well how did she die and Jason's like, well, he wanted to wait for the official autopsy. And I was like, this isn't any sort of official channel. This is, like, the the mole in the police department that you're, right. like, either paying off or they're just loyal to you for whatever reason, giving you secret inside information about an ongoing investigation Why that involves your family. Right. Like, what does it matter? Like, speculate, please. Yeah. You know, this is what we think it is. I'll let you know more when we get the autopsy. You know, this mole in the PCPD has a very specific moral compass. He's okay sharing... The people died, but not how. <laughs> um, Couldn't possibly speculate. Right. The other thing, I guess, of note plot-wise, and that, that I thought was kind of funny, but I understand where it's com- coming from, is Michael and Willow, the reason they were at the hospital was to find out about all the changes Cyrus Renault was implementing. And basically, Michael asked Liz, like, with all this going on, maybe I should go to a different hospital. And she's like, yeah, that's a good idea. For, for Wiley's, Wiley's follow-up, like, heart surgery. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think that... that um, I don't think it'll be, like, drama, because I'm sure everyone will understand, but he's going to go to Mercy Hospital, which I guess is, like, the rival hospital of GH. Yeah. But I, I did think it was funny that um, Willow was like, yeah, I know that'll be tough. I know how much this place means to you. And several characters have said that. I don't know. 
it just it is kind of funny because it is the title of the show, mm-hmm. so they all have to be invested in it, kind of. But no human, I think, has an affinity for any particular hospital they end up in <laughs> for various medical procedures. Um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It is literally the name of the show. Yeah. Um, I, the, I, the Quartermains have also long been involved. A lot of the Quartermains have been doctors, and also they have, you know, poured a lot of money into the hospital because of their yeah. fortune. In any other show or context, that would be a weird thing to say. And I, I do kind of get it, but I'm glad we got the reveal that Liz and Franco are behind all the Ava Nicholas stuff. It was good. I love being right. <laughs> so Friday, September 25th. Yes. There was some things that happened. I kind of realized halfway through this episode was 100%, except for the Liz Franco thing, about people reacting to death. Because it was about Neil's death. It was about a little bit of Mike reacting to Mike's death. Um, Ethan and Robert talked about Holly's death and then everyone got the news that who hadn't already got the news that Nell died. So it's yeah. just like very grim. Yeah, it, you know, it the tone didn't feel grim. Right. But yeah, there was a lot of that just, sort of fallout. Just and... by just by chance was kind of um each story does a different thing with it, but yeah. So, so maybe not not by chance so much as mm-hmm. um, the writers being uh, uh, intentional with their timing and and when the threads come together. Right. Um, so we can just get this out of the way. I want the show to stop torturing Alexis. Yeah. That sucked. I didn't take any notes. Neil's brother just attacked her and said all the things she's been thinking. Of course. Well, and, and it's it's rough too because. He wasn't wrong, not that it's her fault, but factually, you know, he was saying his life, all these things happened in his life after he met you slash because of circumstances with you, which I'm sure Alexis is going to internalize so horribly because what I thought he was going to say, because I, I didn't, he, he, he looked so, just from his, how he was looking and, and talking even at the start, I thought he was going to rip into her, but I thought he was going to like, blame her for like getting Neil into drugs like something so erroneous that she couldn't possibly take it personally she could fight back or like not right something like provably false but he went hard on like how things actually played out which of course under the circumstances she is gonna take that and feel guilty and like it was really hard to watch what he said and what the brother said was like all that kept Neil going after the death of his daughter was his career and you took that away from him like it was intense so, all the guys leave her alone in a bar. Like idiots. And she orders a drink. So Too we'll, soon to say if she'll drink it. True, true. Hopefully not. Um, but, yeah, that, that it closed out on that, that yeah. ordering of the beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase and Sasha bump into each other at the hospital. Chase tells her it was Nell. And Sasha said, you're lying. Wait, are they sure it was Nell? Because <laughs> she seems to know how it works. But, honestly... I could not stop laughing because Chase was me and Sasha was you. They had our same <laughs> argument. Chase was all excited that now Michael and Willow can get a divorce. And Sasha's like, no, no. that They kissed. They had a turning point. They're starting to fall for each other. We can never tell them. And he's like, come on. And they just had this fight. And I'm like, that's just dialogue lifted from our podcast. <laughs> I think we should sue the writers, actually, for plagiarizing. Yes. Um, so I thought that was really funny. And... Um, Chase realizes something is up with Sasha. He doesn't 
he's like, okay, you're overworked, you're struggling in general. He doesn't guess that she's on drugs, but he might be paying a little bit more attention to her, hopefully. Um, um, and then Brooklyn showed up and that was fine. Chase tells her about now. I'm like, oh my God, why didn't he tell her it's one of the first people? Because um, she's probably living in some kind of fear or trauma. And then Brooklyn tries to like clumsily get involved in the business side of deception. And Sasha's like, we, all we need is your voice. That's all we care about. So whatever. Which I get why they're setting this up for like Brooklyn to feel like, well, if she can't sing, then she can't do anything. Or to like want to prove herself or find something else she can do with her life. But how much does a cosmetics company need an in-house singer-songwriter? Yeah. Like, after the initial jingle, whatever, song launch of Deception at the Nurse's Ball, like... They don't need her on retainer. Right, right. I I just... They're going to drag this out for no reason. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, Okay, and so Robert and Olivia and Ethan are on a plane home. Yes. Um, We just learn Olivia has just left her phone in Europe. So <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't even go back to the hotel. She's still wearing the red dress from the casino. Oh, yeah, you're right. So um, so poor Ned is just, like, losing it. Um, they do a really nice thing with Olivia because she starts feeling guilty that she distracted Robert from going to find Holly because she, he took her to see Dante first. Mm-hmm. But both Ethan and Robert do a really nice thing of, like, no, you get credit. It's You're the reason Robert even went to the memorial. So that was a nice way so to build th- her So he was up. on the right continent right. right part of the world to get to holly or, or at least to get the answers that they they think about holly because they did not see the cctv that we saw right of holly being alive, holly being alive. um and it was like ethan's feeling guilty like i didn't say these things to her when she was alive so hopefully we see like a reconciliation or a not reconciliation but hopefully we get to see them together um a couple plot things because there was a lot of backstory here yes uh, when talking to Ethan, Robert says of Olivia, a couple of years ago, she helped me track down a fugitive. Was that Ryan Chamberlain? Because it's always Ryan Chamberlain. You know, I don't think it was that time. Okay. I'd have to look it up. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not positive. Okay. Um, Ethan talks a lot here. So Ethan starts spitting out backstory. And Robert's like, I'd really rather not unpack this. And I was like, no, what are you doing, Robert? But Ethan like, was like, no, we're here. We're going to talk about it. So Holly didn't raise Ethan. Correct. He was raised by Luke? No, no, neither. Luke is his father, though. Yes. But he was raised in Australia, presumably. Yes. With someone else. Correct. Probably not relevant. No, they're not. Oh, maybe he was raised on... What's the Australian soap opera? <laughs> neighbors. Maybe he was raised on Neighbors. <laughs> Um, I love it. So it seems like at one point, Mm -hmm. Holly and Ethan told Robert that he was Ethan's father to trick him into saving Ethan. So when Ethan first showed up as an adult, like played by by the same actor, um, he came to town and I think... He had met Holly. I don't think Holly came to town with him, but he had, like, met Holly off screen. And Holly, I think, led him to believe that his father was in Port Charles or, or something. I'm not sure if she told him which one it was. But there was some confusion or, or mystery as to whether his father was Robert or Luke. Okay. They figure out that it's Luke. And I think then, like, later, sort of unrelated to the initial who's the daddy, um, 
there, there's the storyline where like Robin, Robin was kidnapped, but the kidnappers like faked her death. Okay. So Robert was grieving and he was really upset and they, Ethan was like in danger because I think Helena Cassadine was trying to get revenge on Luke again (laughs) or something. And so to save Ethan and by extension, Robert who was in a really bad place, Holly told Helena Cassadine and Robert that Ethan is Robert's son so that Helena wouldn't have motive to harm oh, him. Oh, I see. And so that Robert would, would help her rescue Ethan. Okay. And then, Something like that. And then Robert kind of said, like, I'm not even that mad about it because I don't know how I would have gotten through that without that hope of getting to know my son or something. Yeah. And then Robin turned out to be alive and everything was fine. And at some point they told Robert the truth and never knows that... Ethan is Luke's son now, but... Okay. Um, and then Joss and Cam talk. Yeah, they did talk. Like, I'm just... What, what you said about it was really good earlier. Oh, when we weren't recording. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were... They're, they're being very confusing about their... Like, what they're actually saying. Mm-hmm. So... And Cam, at least, has said not to Joss or to Trina, but to a different character. He helpfully stated a couple episodes ago that he likes Trina and he wants to go to homecoming with Trina as a date. Right. But to each other, they're all being very vague and confusing, and Joss has not helpfully told another character how she feels. Right. So I'm a little confused as to... Like, Dev seems to think Joss likes Cameron. Cam seems to think Joss likes Cameron. Cam was being kind of flirty. And I was they like, were are both, you keeping your doors open? They were both being what so flirty. Trina? And like, like I'm st- I go back and forth because I think a couple episodes ago I was like, okay, Joss is doubling down on this group date thing because she suspects Trina and Cam are getting closer and wants them for herself. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, maybe she is trying to set them up with Trina and like gauge his interest. You think? I don't know. I it's just very confusing. It's very confusing. And if we're confused, imagine how confused those children must yes. be. The only clear person is Dev. Who Dev Dev is clear. Trina is clear except that she is like trying to hide it from herself. Like she knows that she likes Cam. Yeah. And she's like trying to bury it down deep. Whereas I'm not sure if Cam and Joss really know how they feel. Right. I have a handle on Trina and Dev. Yeah. Oddly. I barely know Dev. But um <laughs> but yeah, because like Joss can flirt with Cam, right? Because she's has not said anything on the record. Okay. So her being flirty with Cam was fine. Cam being flirty back makes me be like, ooh. Like what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Not that he's locked into only dating Trina for the rest of his life, but <laughs> um a couple funny things they talked about. Um, Cam is like, things are strange and tense at home. <laughs> Which is very funny because his parents are off plotting blackmail. Yeah. That's very yeah. funny. Um, he's going to look into getting an after-school job. Plus his angel heart. Not for like spending money because he wants to help with expenses. Yeah, very sweet. Um, and he, he, he's like talking about how his parents... You, you know, I say his parents. I mean his mom and stepdad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's telling uh, Joss all about the drama at GH. So he's like... Britt Westbourne is now the head of the nurses. And then it's funny when characters, they have to kind of recap themselves because they don't really know who everyone is. So uh, the way Joss phrased it was, oh, Britt Westbourne, isn't that the woman Spencer's dad almost married? 
which would never be how I describe. Like, she doesn't know Nicholas well enough to just say, oh, Nicholas, X, Y, Z. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, because remember, they all, they all used to run around together. Um, before they got sore-assed, Cam and Joss were, their, their sort of quartet was the two of them, Spencer and Robin's daughter, Emma. Okay. So they, they used to know Spencer very well, but now they're older than him. Um, so they would have, they were around when Britt and Nicholas were like together in a thing. Right, right. And Joss is sort of, well, her stepdad is his uncle. So he's sort of family, right? Wait, say that one more time. No, I'm right. Joss's stepdad, Sonny. Yeah. Is Spencer's uncle. Yes. Okay. That, (laughs) and I know this, I know the show so well. And that took me a second. Welcome to to my world. What you were saying. Um, I, I did kind of mark. So, a, a lot of this episode and last episode was people learning that Nell is dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. And everyone immediately was like, Thank God. what a relief. Joss is the only... And they all, they've all said, oh, I hate to wish harm on someone else, or I would never want someone to die, but it's a relief. Joss is the only one who's like, well, she's the reason Wiley exists. Mm-hmm. No one's quite saying, like, oh, that's, you know, that's so complicated and it sucks, like, Wiley won't have a mom, or his, have this mother, won't have a relationship with this mother... But, like, she's the one who kind of said, like, I could never hate her or wish she didn't exist because she was the reason why he's here. Mm. Just thought that was interesting. Um, and last piece is the Liz and Franco and Scotty. Oh, my God. So, do you remember last episode? I was like, oh, maybe they're going to do a little reveal and talk about friendship. And, like, you know, I was t- very off base. The plan is to blackmail them. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that Franco looked at the blackmail photos and was like, oh, nice composition here in the photo. That was very funny. Um, so. So, so here's my thing. Yeah. Tell me your things. Well, I guess a couple things. But, but, but one thing is that Liz was on board enough with this plan when to it, kiss when it, Nicholas to make it work. Right. For uh, a, a, you know, prize of fifty thousand dollars and then when scotty tells them that he actually asked for a a total of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars then that's where she draws the line then she's like but that's a crime it was a crime the whole time liz right i for a second i was caught up in her energy of like oh this is spinning out of control but she's like that's a crime it's it's blackmail it's extortion extortion fifty thousand dollars it's still a crime to extort from someone. A hundred dollars is still a crime yeah. if you're blackmailing them for right. it. Right. So I was really struggling with her. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought they were going to like reveal it as a surprise and be like, haha, we got you. I mean, I guess I can't begrudge them too much when Nicholas and Ava not only have a fortune of, I don't know how many millions of dollars that they're like messing around with and messing with each other's lives and, and now trying to trying to drag Liz and Franco into it. And Liz and Franco are, like, struggling to put their three children through college. That's so like true. You know, m- morally, I'm not really sure if anyone has the high ground right now, which, to be fair, they acknowledged for, for once. I think this might be the first time I've ever heard Liz acknowledge that something she's doing is wrong and bad yeah. and a crime. So that was new and different for her. Um, but, yeah, they were kind of like, yeah, no, this is blackmail we are doing a bad we are (laughs) we are doing a bad and um we we aren't we do not have the moral high ground but at least we're gonna 
send Cam to college or whatever. And I guess that's a pretty tight circle. It's husband and wife and then his father. I don't know how greedy Scotty is because he didn't ask for a cut, but I feel like he's, he's the Ooh. one who like, pushed the money thing. I, you know, they, they didn't talk about that. It depends because Scotty's a lawyer. Scotty, I think, is doing oh. fine financially. So you'd think instead of like helping them blackmail people, he would have just given them the money himself maybe not that mm. much money but you know sure. he could have like helped him out financially so i'm not sure if scotty also needs money if he, he, he didn't ask for a cut so i don't know i guess we'll have to see i'm more thinking if ava or nicholas have any brains at all they will very quickly put together what's really going on they should have maybe used well i mean i guess you're right the more people who know the more dangerous but also scotty is very easy to connect Back to Liz and Franco, if they are all of a sudden, you know, putting Cam through college, no problem, while Liz is working two shifts a week and Franco's fired. Well, I guess then, if they confront Scotty or any, like, maybe Scotty's story is that he gave them the money. Now, if he just came into a quarter of a million dollars. Still. It might raise suspicions that the person who ultimately benefits, you're right, yes, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. The person who ultimately benefits is the person that, in the blackmail photos with you. Right, right. I mean... Ava and Nicholas haven't really talked since they've been so stressed about this. I think in the last episode, they were like, let's clear the air. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about us, is what they said. Yeah, so, but I don't think they're going to... They, because they wouldn't admit to the photos. It's it's just so funny. It's all parallel, and they're worried about the same thing. And yeah. if they could just somehow get there... Um, they would cancel each other out. And yeah. But again, I'm not, I'm not mad about them, you know, paying... 250 like that that's that scotty's right that's like a drop in the bucket to them and mm. they're being assholes so like i don't care that much if they get blackmailed it's a very good in this circumstance it's a very good scheme and it was fun to see like husband and wife scheming together um i'm not sure where i land there's no parenting involved here so i don't know what my opinion is exactly i mean i guess in terms of like the example you're setting if the kids ever find out which i'm sure they will because it's a soap um but mm. in, in, a, in a vacuum I don't know that there is that there is any especially bad parenting going on in yeah in so I don't, I don't have a my my um my go to judgment is like okay who's the better or worse parent yeah. um well I mean definitely not Nicholas literally any of the other three but Nicholas yeah he uh, is being a very terrible parent at the moment yes this is true it was very odd how Ned came and joined Chase at the bar. Mm-hmm. Had a couple shots. He joined he, Chase is strong. Ned came to the bar to drink, and Chase tried to, like, give him a pep talk about Brooklyn, and Ned was just like, nice try, and literally just walked yeah. away. But they, they, I could tell the camera work was just funny, because then it cuts, like, uh, Alexis and Valentine, and, like, he's supporting her. Brooklyn, or Chase is trying to support Ned, but the camera's literally switching back and forth, and then Ned goes over all belligerent after shooting Scotch, by the way, which was awful. Um... He goes over and confronts Valentine. He's like, um, hey, you, let, let's go outside. I want to talk to you. And uh, I th- it was, we, and we touched on this. They leave Alexis alone, which is stupid. Um, and then Ned punches Valentine. And I just love that Chase was like, oh, they're going to need a grown-up su- supervision. So he follows them out. And yet somehow doesn't prevent the physical altercation from occurring in the first place. Right. Just wanted so to be a witness. He can arrest um, Ned for whatever, just like he's been and arresting Brooklyn. And daughter. Exactly. Um, I, I do... 
I do, I guess I'm sort of segueing into, like, favorite, like, favorite character oh, of the yeah. week. Because I do want to honorable mention Valentine because he was really there for Alexis today. Yeah. Um, taking her to the memorial so she doesn't have to go alone, defending her to Neil's brother, and then, mm-hmm. like, being there for her at the bar. He even went outside to get punched by Ned because Alexis asked him to That's as a true. favor. And, um, I mean, him showing up at her house in yesterday's episode was, was, was really good, too. He was, and he supported her while still being a dick, which is kind of what she needed. On brand. Yeah. yeah. On brand. And then he said the, that comment about, oh, well, let's start planning your funeral now. Like, yeah. he's supporting her much better than Sam is. Yeah. And he is, I think, still learning how to people. Right. With people who aren't, like, also criminals. Like, he and Peter, like, have a thing... But, like, Peter's not normal either, you know? Right. So it's good for him to have Alexis, I think, to to ease into, you know, friendship with normal-er humans. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was actually going to say my favorite character this week is Carly, because I was not sure if she was going to tell Sonny and Jason the truth about what happened with mm-hmm. Nell on the cliff, and I'm so glad that she did. Yeah. So, so glad. And then... I think least favorite is 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 the teens. Joss and Cam are just confusing me, and I hope it all gets cleared up at homecoming because I need answers. Yeah, just pick a pick a, any any direction. I don't care. I just need them to move a little bit. Yes. Um, for me, because of what I just said about how she wasn't supporting Alexis, and I think we're all very protective of Alexis right now. I'm gonna say my least favorite character was Sam, um, just because she was. Like, she was, like, smothering Alexis and not read, take, not reading the room. And she had a scene with Brando early in the week, and they're so weird. And, like, Sam's... We've, you've talked at length about how weirdly they're writing Sam. If I didn't have any context that she'd ever done anything differently, I would have been, like, she's the worst. I'm I sorry. I hate that. I, I hate know. that. But I get it, because they are just not doing right by her. And so you just have the weirdest picture of her. Yeah. Because, anyway. Um, Runner-up for least, to be fair, was Maxie, because she had an also bananas crazy weird scene with Brando. So... But also, that was far more in character for Maxie. True, true. Than anything Sam's been doing. That's fair. Um, And then my favorite character... I think I'm going to say Chase, for a couple of reasons. He, I again, so funny, he had to go supervise these adults. Yeah. He knew, yeah, so that was really funny. He was really sweet with Sasha, but he also, at first, you know, with, with what she's struggling with, um, he also just echoed everything. I, I, I'm in a better place now where I understand the dynamics, but, I mean, when Elle died, my first thought also was, oh, Michael and Willow can get a divorce now. I talked about having a growth mindset. I understand. I do like Michael and Willow together. Yeah. But it was very funny seeing him say everything I was saying, and that made me like, oh, that does sound crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to say Sunny for finding the necklace. Oh, oh, good runner-up. That's my runner-up. Because I am so on the necklace train. The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's a hosp- there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds dumb, <laughs> but I'd never thought about what the title was for. 